Welcome. Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast, where we talk about self-connection through spirituality and nature immersion. I'm your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so excited to have you here today. Today, I had the great honor of interviewing Jamie Chapman. Jamie is the owner of Chick Book Creative. She helps support small to medium-sized female business owners. She brings 25 years of experience in systems, processes, accountability, leadership, and project management. Jamie has a multifaceted approach to problem solving with extensive knowledge in executive functioning, habit formation, and understanding the mind of an entrepreneur. Today, we had the honor of talking with Jamie about positive intelligence. And so without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Well, welcome, Jamie. It's so great to have you here on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to reconnect after so long and kind of catch up with what you've been up to. And it's amazing the work that you're doing right now. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and how you got there and how self-connection kind of played a role in that? Yeah. So I have been running other people's businesses for about 25 years. Um, I did have my own photography business that I ran for 10 years, graduate of Rhode Island School of Design, but kind of found myself running other people's businesses and creating systems and processes and inventory management and really kind of running those spaces as if it was my own. And I think that 2020 was a, you know, a shift for a lot of people in the world about values and what you wanna do with your life and how you wanna spend your time. Um, I do feel like I am very intuitive about how things should be and how things work in the world and just decided that I didn't wanna work for somebody else anymore. And I'm really passionate about supporting women. Um, I've been in a uh, challenging marriage and raising identical twins with ADHD and have kind of spent a lot of time in the self-help realm and learned about supporting those, those neural challenges. And I'm fascinated by the brain. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start my own business supporting women and started Chickbook Creative in the beginning of 2021. Wow. It's awesome. I love how you talked about being intuitive. Is that something that you felt forever or is it something that you've kind of mastered more of or tapped into more of as you've gotten older? I think that the latter, I think that I have tapped into it and it, um, more that I think it was always there, but maybe I didn't trust it. And so as I grow and learn more and educate myself and surround myself with amazing women like yourself and learn more and more, it's like, oh, I knew that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just trusting it, I think, has become with, come with the maturity. Yes. And I think I hear that a lot from clients and then just other women in general, because we as women can tap in easier typically than men can. And I hear it more often than not that as they get older, they're starting to become more in tune with it. Versus when you're younger, when you're a child, you're completely in tune with it. You see kids like they just speak their mind, right? Um, and then I think as you grow and develop, you sometimes can shut that down. 
Yeah, it's funny because um, I know that I'm I'm going to talk to you today about PQ and positive intelligence. But one of the kind of things we go through to within the process is reimagining ourselves as a young child, like finding a photo of ourselves as like a two or three year old, and really looking at that image and thinking about what that was like. And although, like, I don't really I, there's like some images that I remember from being three, but when I look at this particular photo that I found, like you really are like so innocent and carefree and like, oh, here's this shiny thing. I'm just going to go explore it and how we lose that as adults. Um, that was a really powerful exercise for me to go through. Yeah. And I know there's been times where I tell people to go back to six or seven, but like you said, I think three and four, there's even more that you can capture because by six and seven, you've been in society a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. There's a little more, like I remember more of elementary school and the, you know, the other kids on the playground and the, you know, then you start to have those harder feelings where when you're three and you're playing on the beach, it's just like, it's just the beach and you're just so present. And you're learning about everything that's there. Right. And you're in awe of everything. Right. And really like touching and feeling and listening and yeah. Yeah. So, it's pretty so speak a little bit more about this positive intelligence and what that yeah, is. I know. So positive intelligence is the way we define mental fitness. Um, so I've learned that just like physical fitness, we can build the mental fitness in our brain to, um, you know, you have that prefrontal cortex of your brain where good decision making is done. And when we're younger, we don't have that and we grow into it. And I think, you know, and women get it faster than men. <laughs> but um, when we're constantly kind of like with ADHD, when we're constantly in fight or flight mode and trying to like put fires out all the time, you can't access that part of your brain that makes good decisions. Um, and that's where like meditation and things like that come in, uh, which is wonderful, right? You, you're coming back to your senses of feeling and, and touch and smell and um, kind of just being in the moment, which we lose as adults. But we make better decisions when we access that part of our brain. So I was really interested in learning more about positive intelligence because it was making me kind of go back to the root cause of what some of that like stress and anxiety might be and the thought that I could rewire those pathways in my brain to not listen to all those negative thoughts that were going through my head, especially with the pandemic. It was kind of like the sky is falling, right? That feeling of like, here's the end. <laughs> and have I done all these things that I want to do in my life? Um, but to then go through a program like this where I could look at the pandemic and find the gifts and opportunities that came from it. Um, my kids were home more. We were eating dinner at the table every night. We were playing games together. I wasn't going into work every day. I started a new business, right? Like there were so many wonderful things that came out of this really challenging time. And I kind of put that towards the work that I was doing in positive intelligence. Um, so it's being able to have the capacity to handle the challenges in life with a positive mindset rather than getting upset and stressed and to really understand what that means. Um, and I, they give us like this physical analogy, like 
uh, you like to hike, right? You like to be in the outdoors. So, you know, you are of like, you know, average health where you find a hill that you're, you know, walking along with your dog and you can go over that hill and it's not really that challenging. But then you walk up to the mountain and you're like, oh, I'm not quite like, I don't have enough physical fitness to get up over that mountain. Um, and as you try to scale the mountain, you're going to be like out of breath and physically stressed. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. That's what your mind naturally does. The judge comes in and says, you're not strong enough. You're why do you think you can do this? You can't do this. Um, so the same with our mental fitness, like the day to day life that we were experiencing before the pandemic, we were able to handle those like little hills in life. And then the pandemic came and it was a mountain and we were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. Um, so using that same analogy, you know, in terms of challenges, um, we were only of average mental fitness and we can prepare ourselves to really climb that mountain and get over it to see, you know, and going through seeing the gifts and opportunities rather than the, I can't do this. Right. And I, I love that you used the analogy of a mountain climbing because I mean, this is saved by mother earth and it's like my love of being out in nature and hiking and and I know a lot of the listeners love that as well. And what I, it brings me back to this time when I was hiking one of the pre presidential mountains up here in New Hampshire. And everybody had told me it's the hardest hike to hike. And it's so hard. And you're, it's, if you, if you don't finish, it's okay. Just, it's just know that you might not finish. Right. And so they had already put in these kind of a mindset into my head that was given to me. And I see this when movie with movies that come out too, if somebody loves a movie so much and you get disappointed because you were way up here. And, but the interesting thing is I went into that day hiking Jefferson into the, and also the, the actual hike itself, the actual trail that I took was one of the harder ones, but I went in feeling fresh, ready, excited, happy. And I was like, I just take a step at a time. Yeah. and celebrate everything that I did. And it was one of the most, it's one of my favorite mountains and one of my easier climbs when on other days, if weather was a little bit off or I was more tired or I just didn't feel quite right because my mindset was off or just physically, if I just didn't feel well, some of the easier mountains were harder for me. Right. right? And it's like those kind of things. And this morning I heard something uh, on my drive and the woman was like, if, if the only thing you can be grateful for is that you woke up and you're still breathing, yeah. you can still do amazing things in that day. Yeah. So it's amazing how like they use this idea of positive positivity in this training that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It has been, it's been a life shift. I mean, I, I think I was grasping for straws during the pandemic, trying to, we were just, just even taking the step back of, it being silent, right? I mean, like there were no cars, there were no, nobody was calling, there were less emails, like just, just quieting that noise was like, oh, the simple things in life, like just taking a hot shower and being present for your hot shower because <laughs> you had nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. Yeah. It, I've been, a couple podcast interviews I've done recently, we've talked about the shower and how the shower is such a place for getting intuitive words, right? And it's so sensory. If you think about like the heat or the cold or the smell of the shampoo or right, like all of that, every sense is kind of 
heightened when you're in the shower. And the other day I was actually thinking, I was like, I'm going to get those kid crayons because some of the most amazing things come to you while you're in the shower. I'm like, I'm going to get those kid crayons so I can write on the walls. Yeah. I just learned that they make waterproof notes for the shower because we all do get really, you're right, those intuitive, like great ideas. And I attribute that also to coming back to the senses where you feel the hot water, it feels warm, you hear the sound of the raindrops. Um, and that's what positive intelligence taps into coming to your senses. So now I can experience that feeling any time of day. I don't have to be in the shower. And that's what's been wonderful about this. Yeah. So what are the steps? Like what kind of things do you do throughout the day to help you get into that mindset? So I think, you know, there's, there's no, there's nothing new with this program that isn't already out there education wise about how our brain works um, and how sensory input. I mean, you know, meditation is really good for you. What this program has brought is there's an app for your phone. So it's right in the palm of your hands and it's asking you to take those sensory input breaks every um, for two minutes, three times a day. So like your minimum requirement is just like 15 minutes. Um, and then every week you're getting these guided, like let's dig deep to the root cause of what's going on and talking about your saboteurs. So what are those negative voices? There's always the judge, we all have the judge, um, but there's this assessment that you can take on the website. Did I give that to you? Have you had a chance to take a look at that? I haven't yet, but we will put it in the show notes and I will definitely, I, I still wanna take it myself as well. Yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of, you know, there's a lot of self-assessment um, applications out there to get feedback about things you could work on. But this one just, I, I hadn't felt so seen in so long. <laughs> it was like, oh. Um, so, it you know, there's a few saboteurs that are out there that you can, that they do weekly videos to learn more about how you can get to the root cause of fears, anxiety, stress, all of those things that, um, and then they um, talk about the three core sage muscles. And it's kind of like, uh, they relate it to colors, right? Like there's three basic colors that we use when we do art that can make any color, right? So a right, landscape right. artist does not need a palette of 150 colors. They just need the three core colors. Um, so the three sage muscles that you're tapping into are the saboteur and scepter muscle. So you're interfering that thought of, I can't do this, I'm not smart enough, um, or the fears and anxiety. The second is the sage muscle, which is finding that moment that you've had in the shower any time of day. Whenever you need it, you can tap into it using senses. Um, and the third is a self-command muscle. So having the awareness of oh, that's just the judge talk saying that I can't do this. That's not real. Those, you know, those, those words that are coming to you, to your thoughts are not facts. Yeah. I love that idea of just how that's broken down mm -hmm. and how, uh, how some of it is like, how do you enhance? And then also how do you shut down? Yeah. Yeah, it's teaching you along the way. It's getting into those core things of what's going on with you personally and how you're reacting in your relationships, in your family, um, in your work, in your even in your social media, how you know people get really upset when they read something online and this, you know, need to respond and it helps, you know, develop some healthier boundaries about 
your thoughts and your feelings. And sometimes it's okay. I mean, it obviously is okay to have pain management, right? Like when you think about, um, like it's good to know when you put your hand on the stove that the stove is hot and you pull your hand away. But when you when a thought that is just as painful as putting your hand on the stove is, you like sit in that. You don't pull your hand away from that thought. You sit and you ruminate in that thought and over and over and over. And it just gets louder and louder. And then you start to believe it. And that's this going into these sage muscles is rewiring your brain to be like, oh, no, hi, judge. I hear you. I'm not staying here. You're not helping me. I'm going to shift over to use the more positive uh, thoughts that that are actually going to make change in my life. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because they say that over 90, maybe even over 95% of our thoughts throughout the day are negative or harmful. And so when you can start shifting that, it can be so powerful. What are some techniques that people can use? Maybe they're not, I, I know, like, depending on what you can talk about, because it's a program, are there techniques that you use in your everyday that are, that are supportive of what you're learning in the program? Yeah, well, for me, there's a couple of sensory things that they teach you to go through to really ground yourself. But the one that has worked the best for me is taking two fingers. So like your thumb and another finger and just kind of rubbing them together to really feel like the ridges and just take a moment to just feel that. To feel to really feel it. And then take one hand and rub it against the other one and feel those senses that like, Ooh, it's like I get goosebumps. Right. And just to, if you could sit for 60 seconds, 120 seconds, just doing that, that's tapping into what's happening to you in the shower. Right. And I'm guessing that hits some different points in your body, right? Like it was instant, like, like little goosebumps up and down in my like arms when, when I started to do that. And probably depending on the pressure that you do will probably determine kind of different senses that you feel. And this, the rubbing the fingers really reminded me of something that could be done as you're going into a meditation, right? It's so present. Right. I mean, and the thought that, um, because while it's wonderful to sit and meditate for 10 minutes, I mean, I find a lot of joy in that, that peace and that calm when you, if you're the CEO of a company, you don't really, have a lot of time to like sit at the table and like be like no i need to meditate for 10 minutes before this meeting uh, but you can take 60 seconds and really ground yourself before you walk in right mm-hmm. just really come down to those core whether you look at something in great detail touch something in great detail even one of the other ones that i love is um you know we all know how important breathing is but every, like some people I didn't have this awareness of when you breathe in, there's a temperature to the air than when you breathe out and then it's different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, so when you breathe in, it's like cooler, but then when you breathe out, it's like warmer. Yeah. And if you just do that through your nose for like 60 seconds and just right. really pay attention to it. And I'm also thinking, even if this is a practice that you do any of those practices, like 
the breathing you're doing every day anyway, right? But the finger ones and the hand ones, like say you're sitting in a board meeting and you're feeling heated there, you don't have to have a fidget toy with you, yeah. right? Your fingers can be, or you don't have like me. I, I have crystals with me at all the times when I'm like, and I have them in my pocket typically. And I just like use those. But if I forget that, like your fingers are always there. Yeah. And it's the same idea, right? I mean, I definitely, um, I'm a fidgeter with my pen, right? I like to hold my pen and touch and feel it. And I'll do that mindlessly, but when you do it mindfully, it changes. Yeah. And I could see it coming. Like say you're sitting in a meeting and you're feeling it's heated, or even if you read a Facebook post and you feel heated by it, right. Of just being like, okay, hold on. And just get into that spot of just, okay. And even whether it's like, and just be in that, that space of bringing yourself down. To ride that wave of emotion, right? So you're not, you're getting out of reaction mode because you're in fight or flight mode. You're, you're anxious, you're scared, you're fear. It's taking a step back, building the boundary that you don't have to respond, coming to your senses. Now access the front part of your brain where you can make good decisions and say like, why is this triggering me? Right. You know, what part do you play in how that, what those words on the screen said, right? Because they weren't directed at you. Right. And nobody else is reacting to them. So what is it that is, is being triggered? And yeah, I love that idea. And I've talked about that a little bit about that. Somebody's not out to make you mad, but why are you feeling mad about that? Now, there are some people that are trying to get back at somebody in that, but you still have the decision that you get to make or the choice of how you react. And it might mean that initially you do react in an upset, anger, dis, um, disapproval, whatever it is, but you get to choose how you then kind of feel after. Right. And this takes it to just that step further to really sit and own what you've said or what you've done, what your thoughts are, dig into the root cause of what's going on and retrain your brain to be, um, to be able to climb that mountain, you know, in the future without being breathless, you know, just being like, nope, that person must be having a bad day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just be able to move on. Yeah. And I, I, um, I don't know if you've read any of the, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks books on manifestation. And so Esther channels Abraham and the whole Abraham. So they call it Abraham and Hicks because, um, it's the Hicks family, but what they talk about when they're talking about emotions is that when you're in any emotion, there's like a scale and you can choose to move up that scale and you might not be able to get to happy and excited and joy, which is where we all deserve to be, but you might be able to go from anger to being upset and then upset to content. Right. And so there's like ways you can kind of move up, but knowing that like, we don't expect somebody to go out tomorrow and be like, Oh my God, I'm so angry, but I'm so happy. And like within seconds. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm not a fan of the false positive positivity, right? Like, you know, I'm here and things are great when they're really not. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you have to work through it. Like you said, process, what is that feeling? What is it bringing up? Where are you feeling it in your body? Yeah. And all of those pieces. There was something that you said earlier about kind of that whole piece around 
prefrontal cortex and all of that and all the research that's behind that, right? There's so much research around how meditation really impacts that. What was my question? And then there was something around like how... I'm blanking on the question. I'm that's just, okay. It I might come just, back to you. I could just yeah. say, oh, that's what it was. Do you find that when you're working with women that kind of different ages kind of experience this differently? Interesting. Um, I think that I tend to gravitate towards a demographic of women that are our age. So I'm definitely not dealing with... Um, women that are younger, but that's interesting. And I think, and this is really like a happy spot for me working with women that are our age or older, because they even have that much more knowledge and experience to bring to the table. And, you know, what I'm hearing over my, my last year of like my listening tour of women, you know, is like life is short and that whatever that is, that doesn't matter. Right. Like what, what matters is that you have today and what are you going to do with today and how are you going to feel today and you have choices and you are responsible i don't know if you saw my post the other day about like making excuses for dropping the egg right there's like a million excuses like the the carton was broken the you know the egg was too you know whatever it, it just just say i like i dropped it i broke it right right just just <laughs> just own it just own it yeah. And I, uh, the reason I asked that is because I too work with the same demographic of us, like in our forties, right. Of like, this is where we are. And like, I knew there was a certain point for me, I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, depending on kind of, I definitely wasn't ready for it. Like 10, maybe even 15 years ago, I used to be like meditation. I can't do that. And now I'm like teaching or talking about it on a daily basis. Do you think that it might come from the experiences that we've been through? I know you and I have had a serious, like a similar being married and then not being married. You kind of, I don't know. There's a lot of life lessons in there. Mm -hmm. There is. And I went through, I think when you get to a certain age and you go through something like a divorce or a loss, and maybe that has something to do with it is you get to an, a point where you have something that happens that makes you start to question a lot of what you're doing because it was me feeling like I had failed in many different arenas that was just like, you got to do something now. And so maybe it has less to do with age and more to do with kind of life experiences. Yeah, I was... Um... 32, I think when I got divorced and I, cause I was, you know, going through life, checking all the boxes I had, you know, gone to high school, went to college, um, started working, bought a house, got a dog, had kids. And then I woke up one day and was like, Oh (laughs) no. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was a pivotal point for me to really do. I started reading a lot and learning more about myself and what I wanted, what I didn't. I mean, I must have written a whole journal of what I didn't want in a relationship. <laughs> right. I had learned quite a bit. <laughs> and I think there's something about like, I, I always grew up with a family that was about you need to be, you need to be able to support yourself outside of a relationship. And then I didn't realize that I wasn't as independent as I thought. And I got, when I got divorced, 
that independence came and I, and I grabbed a hold of it. It was just like, Oh, how cool I can buy my own color comforter and I can, I can drive to San Francisco and not worry about what it's, what is it like to drive in a city? Right. Or I could go to South Korea, right. Those big things that were just like, I now have independence, but I can make choices that I don't need to always feel like I am feeling loved by somebody because, because I need to, and then that's when it started to be like, okay, now you need to look into self-love. You've done all these experiences. You had all this like independence, but now how does that work into who you really are? Right. And for me, I mean, you like touched on something about like being able to pick your own comforter. I had never had like a, like a grown up bed set. And it was like the first thing I did. I went out and did that and like bought myself dishes that I liked. I was like, these are mine and, and nobody's going to give me their opinion because I don't want anybody else's opinion. I'm going to love these dishes. Um, and I did. And then to shift now into, you know, several years later being remarried, it's like, I want his opinion. I genuinely want us to love the dishes. And so much growth has happened on both sides, right? I've learned so much. But when I left, I was like, nobody's going to tell me what to do or how to do it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Then when you're in the right relationship, that makes sense for where you are. It just clicks. Yeah, I wonder how many people go to places that the first thing they do is buy a comforter. I remember standing there being like, I get to get a purple comforter. Yeah. And the funny thing is I didn't mind compromising, but that was that first moment where I realized I have a choice in no matter what I do. And I think that's like that self-talk, it was still there, but it was that first moment where I was like, I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a little bit of, um, survival mode, which I think is what the pandemic brought to us too, right? Like the, just the simplicity of having paper towels and being able to buy, you know, you start to reassess our food supply chain, our, you know, our consumerism, like it really, it really shifted me a lot and it changed a lot of things for me, how I move about the world and the choices and decisions and where I spend my money and how I make my money. Mm-hmm. I was joking with somebody at the grocery store. I think it was yesterday because I was there and I picked up like rolls of toilet paper and, you know, they're astronomically priced right now. Um, and I said, there's got to be another way than toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> this is too expensive. And then I was like thinking there is, but that's hiking uh, when you're hiking. <laughs> but yes. And I think that so many women now are starting to question that of like, I don't need to work the nine to five. Yeah. And I can do more. And I love that you're there supporting women who want to make that next step and really help them step up to their true, their passion and their purpose. Yeah. So yeah, PQ has just been, or positive intelligence has just been a side project for me, but has become really pivotal. Um, But in my business, I realized, you know, I had 25 years of experience in running businesses that I could really share with women. And I had most of my career been working with men. And it's not that their their brain just functions differently. It's it's not that we're better or they're better or or anything. It just genuinely our thought process is so polar opposite. 
Um, we're constantly five steps ahead. I mean, you, you know, like as a dog owner, you're like, does the dog need to go out before I leave? Do I have enough food? Right. They just are genuinely like, I need to go to work today. And they don't think of all the things that come with it. Um, love them dearly, but I was ready to really shift to work more at a level that was at my pace. Um, so I did, I shift into working with women that were running their own businesses and, I joked earlier about my listening tour, but I really have spent the last almost year finding out that there's really amazing entrepreneurial women that are have been running businesses or want to start a business that really brings like value um, there. They want to work at their core, like what their meaning is in life. They want to bring support to other women in business. They just want to lift women up. I, we're coming into the year or the, 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 I want to call it the decade of feminine, right? <laughs> I don't know what it actually is. Divine femininity is what yes. I think it's. That yeah. is right. That's what Robin taught, taught me. Um, and I just want to make that happen for women. Cause I have been in the position of not being able to support myself, not having a job and put myself in a compromise situation that I had to crawl out of. And I don't want women to do that ever again. Like your mom taught you always be sure that you can take care of yourself. Um, so these women are idea generators. We're, like their brains are fascinating. They can just sit and like brain sweep and like write a book of profitable ideas. But then they're like they they freeze after that. They 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 just generate and they don't they get stuck in the do. They get overwhelmed by how do I even consider a social media marketing campaign? Um, and they think, I don't have anything to talk about, right? Do you ever sit down to like, think about social media and you're like, I don't really know what to talk about. Yeah. I'm getting much better with that. There was a time probably about a year ago before I started the podcast that I really didn't know. And then there was something that clicked that all of a sudden I, that said, like, speak your truth. Yes. And once that happened, it was kind of like, okay, I'm done doing all these other little things and being like, oh my gosh, I have to have the best thing out there and just be like, Hey, here's a good quote that I heard today. Or, oh, I really love this idea. Or, oh, here's a meditation or tarot card that I pulled or an Oracle card that I pulled and just yep. being completely just in it, but also being okay with saying like, here's my puppy. <laughs> yes. And like, and the funny thing is when you watch the dogs, for any entrepreneurs out there that have dogs or pets, if you watch them, they give you the content. Yes. My dog was like digging through. You might've seen this on, I don't remember what I put it on my stories or not. My dog was digging. My new puppy was digging through the box of toys. And I was like, it's gotta be in here somewhere is what I put there. And just saying, have you ever felt like you were just digging for the end or something like that? Right. I was able to pull that put a cute picture. Cause that's really what I want to do is put my puppy home on social media, but I also wanted to link it. And after that, I realized like they give me so much content. Yeah. I just, it, I just got a new puppy too. And that was my, I, you know, normally I sit down on Sundays and I plan out all my content for the week and I'm like you, I, I just, whatever is coming to me is what I'm meant to put out there. Right. Like I had a, um, I do these coffee connects on Monday morning. It's just a drop in. People can come by and and talk about what they're working on. And um, now I've sidetracked myself. But I so normally I sit down on Sunday and do my social media content. And my puppy sat on my to do list for like three hours. And I took his photo and I was like, 
there's my post for tomorrow. You know, I always talk about having a to-do list and being organized and, and, you know, having, thinking about like, is this something I should do? Is this something I should delegate? Is this something I should ditch? Like I'm always in the accountability and the, you know, like let's get stuff done. And then I was like, or we can just let the puppy sleep. <laughs> right. The puppy's telling you yes. that it's time to relax. Pretty much. And I just listened. I was like, oh, I'm just supposed to pet the puppy today. Yeah. And I've also come to the conclusion, like over the weekend, I was like, you know, I just don't want to be on social media. Yeah. I'll check it and see if there's fun things that I like to see that are just for me. But I actually chose not to post anything for the weekend. And because I was just like, you know what, this is my business that I'm creating. Yep. And I want to create it based on my authenticity, but also meeting my needs. Whereas before it would have been like, oh, you got to keep posting. You got to keep doing it. And then I was like, you know what, actually, it might actually do some good too, if I'm not there and all of a sudden I'm there again. Um, so there's, there's something to like meeting that need when it's there. But again, you have to be tapped into that and yes. really be able to see. So I've kept you a long time, but do you have like two or three tips that you could share with the listeners of things that maybe you do, and they could be business related, um, PQ related, or just your own personal stuff that you do that helps connect you? Yeah. So I think that, I mean, PQ is pretty, pretty up there. It's become a daily practice for me. I love the convenience of the app. Um, and I sent you a link for a sign up form. I'm going to be running a program that I can fit six people in. Um, they can go online and take the saboteur assessment and provide feedback if they want to share and can reach out to me for more information. Um, Positiveintelligence.com is a great resource to learn more about that. Um, Professionally, I, and I think I just kind of shared it, but the do delegate ditch, right? Like just kind of taking a look. It's really good to do a brain sweep and write it down. Our brains are not meant to hold information. It's meant to create ideas. Um, so when you have ideas, write them down, but then really hold the space to evaluate those ideas. Is there something in there that you want to do? or need to do and I, I don't love the word need <laughs> so it's like really evaluate like do i have to do this because if you don't love doing it you're either not going to do it or you're going to procrastinate in doing it but like you know is that something you need to be doing if it's not a want yeah and if you can reframe it to be a want or a gratitude right of like I, I hate doing, okay, so my listeners have heard this a million times. I hate to do the dishes. They now know. But being able to reframe it of I get to do the dishes or mm -hmm. I get, because I have dishes and I have water and I have soap, I can, I get, and I have food, I get yeah. to do the dishes. But yeah, I love that idea of like, if you don't need to, like, if it's a need and you don't really need to do it, can you ditch it? Yeah, well, and I just on the dishes, so I'm not a fan, but I do have children that know how because we all take a turn. Um, but last night I was like, I'll do the dishes and everybody kind of looked at me and I put a podcast in that I've been waiting to listen to. It was 30 minutes long and I was like, no, this is perfect. I'm going to listen and the kitchen's going to be clean by the time I'm done because I won't even think about, right? I'm just going to be listening and learning, which is what I love to do. Um, 
So it was like, it felt like a win-win. It was like, I'm going to get the dishes done, but I'm going to listen to this thing that I've been wanting to listen to and haven't had the time to do it. Okay. I'm stealing that idea tonight because I need to listen to a recording of something that I don't need to, I want to listen to this recording. And so, yeah, I'm stealing that idea tonight. Usually I just put music on and I'll dance, but it will be nice to do like that kind of thing. And I like this idea of writing things down because your brain can't hold them. I find that a lot every time when people talk about dreaming, right? And they don't write it down. And that happened to me the other night where I didn't write it down. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was the perfect post. Um, and so like that idea of writing it down. And well, still- a lot of my business owners will write the ideas down. And so they're the ones, I don't know if you use post-it notes, but I'm a post-it note user. So their screens are full of post-it notes of all the things they need to remember and do. And so I use a bullet journal because that's the only way I can stay organized with and really hold the, the mindful space to be like, is, you know, I was, I had this thing on my to-do list and I'm rewriting it every day. Like, do I really want to do this? And deciding, well, I could have someone else do this for me, or I just need to cross it off and move on. Yeah. So can you explain, I've, I've talked about it with clients, but I don't think I've explained it on the podcast, what a bullet journal is. So bullet journal was, um, I've actually met the author. I think he's super fascinating. He pretty much self-diagnosed himself with ADHD and created this organizational system to keep himself together. (laughs) Um, and super high level, but there is a beautiful YouTube video on bulletjournal.com, but you know, that you are laying out your month you're laying out your week and each day and each day you're laying out on a page that is just this dotted journal it's a blank page it's beautiful right it's um you get to make it whatever you want it becomes this free space to be like these are all the things i want to do today this is an appointment that i have oh and by three o'clock i you know i have to meet so and so for coffee but then if you have a thought or an idea you also write it down And at the end of the day, you kind of organize that information. Like, is this a task that I need to do? Is this a task that I need to delegate? Is this a task that I need to, or was this just a thought? And I just need, it was a note and I needed to write it down. But it then becomes this reference point. Like, oh, on page 32, I had that really great idea and I can go back to it anytime. So. Oh, I love it. So I didn't even know that there was actually somebody who has a bullet journal. I just knew that you could write bullets instead of journaling like long, but I like this. I'm going to steal that idea too. Oh yeah. And I can do it in just my regular journal too, of just like make a journal. I have enough journals around my house. I think a lot of people who collect journals, (laughs) no, you probably find any journal that you have and turn it into a bullet journal. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's what I love about it. I, you know, I'm a planner and an organizer and I like things just so, but the bullet journal has given me the freedom to just be like, I have this thought and I need to put it in a safe place that I, I will know where to find it because little scraps of paper and post-it notes and they all just get lost. Do you um, have any, oops, sorry. No, go ahead. Do you have any tips when you're in the car and ideas come to you? So let me just turn off my, I, I can't say her name because then she'll come on, but yes, you can. There's a couple things. One of my favorite ones is if you have an apple, you can, oh, use- you can actually talk to, um, our friend A L E X I S. Yeah. Or S I R I. Okay. So if you say, like, hey, 
lady's name <laughs> um, remind me. So there's, and there's two features within Apple that you can use. One that I use is, hey, remind me at 5 p.m. to order my prescription. And then it will pop up on my phone at because I know like at 5 p.m. I'll be sitting in my chair and it gets it out of my brain. It pops up as a reminder, so it'll live there in text, but it will also remind me at a certain time. And then my other favorite that she offers is she'll remind you at a location. So say you make like a weekly trip to Target to get your necessities and you just want to create this list. Um, it will, and if you tell it the like target at this address, when you arrive there, it, your list will pop up. Wow. See, there's some benefits. And, and the reason I wanted to bring this up and how it has to do with self-connection, right. Is that when you're feeling more organized and feel like things are in order, you have less in your brain filling you up so you can feel and hear some of those messages that are coming to you and Absolutely. be more open um, to be making sure that your needs are being met and all of that. Yeah. It's not a great use of your brain to be like, don't forget to pick up that prescription at CVS today, because you will just keep repeating it over and over and over again, because you're going to forget and you're not getting all that other good stuff that could be coming in. If you just asked her to remind you at 4 PM, when you, you know, you're getting in the car it'll pop up and be like, oh yeah, I need to go to CV. Right. I'm going to go to CVS. Right. Well, and that aligns so much with manifestation work too, of, right? You can manifest, I'm going to remind myself and I'm going to go because you're putting it out there that you're going Yeah. versus saying, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget, which means you're going to forget. Yeah. I like to like put it down, right? Yeah. That yeah. thought you have, put it down, put it down somewhere that you trust yourself to go back to, to get it. That way you can get to that higher level thinking in the front of your brain. For sure. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but where can the listeners find you? Oh, I'm everywhere. Yeah. So chickbookcreative.com is my website. All my social links are there. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I do have a Facebook group that is free. Um, I just have a bunch of awesome women that I like to say are running the world um that connect in there and share their ideas and their thoughts um, i ask a lot of great thought-provoking questions in there and talk about accountability and habit formation and then i think you're going to put a link in the show notes of a sign up form for pq if they're interested and my emails on my website if they want to reach out excellent and i will put all that information in the show notes awesome. thank you so much for being here today jamie Heather, it was great to connect with you today. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Jamie. That was such a phenomenal interview. And what a guest to have on this podcast. I feel honored that you decided to come join us today. And I know the listeners, along with myself, are leaving this interview with so many great takeaways and things that we can even try today. So thank you again for being here and sharing your wisdom with all of us. Definitely, if you have not checked out already, go into the show notes and see where you can connect with Jamie more regularly. I follow her on Instagram and now Facebook, and it's just a pleasure to see the amazing posts that she shares and to be part of all that she is. 
On another note, I wanted to share with all of you that I am offering a new membership that is coming out for the new year, but you can sign up before so that you can jumpstart the new year on the right foot. It is a membership all on creating a radical self-connection. And I'm going to bring you content. We'll have group coaching calls. We'll have frequently asked question calls and really get to the nitty gritty of what it takes to become more self-connected so you can be more connected with the world around you and reach those goals that you've been wanting to reach. So for more information on that, you can also find that in the show notes. Thank you again for being here today. 